Hey y'all, I'm Kua. And this is Kendra. And this is the Black Gems Dive In Podcast. Podcast about inclusive cultures and everything DEI. Hey, it's Kua. And this is Kendra. And we are the Black Gems Dive In Podcast. The podcast about inclusive cultures and everything DEI. So, Kua, how was your week? Hey, my week was good. I'm so excited to be here with you on episode one. Episode one. So, hopefully, you guys listen to the intro episode so you guys know kind of what we're talking about throughout the season. Um, And we're just going to dive right in, right? We're the the Black Gems Dive In Podcast. So, dive dive right in. Dive right on in. Right. How's your week going so far? Good, good. I mean, there's definitely a lot of things that's happening in this world. um, And we'll talk about that in a moment. And And then also talk about ways that we can decompress as well because you got to take a minute we a a few minutes uh, (laughs) some moments moments yes so moments we need to take because it's been it's been heavy it has been it's been heavy but at the same time you know we just gotta create that space of joy for us right right we got to right and then you know you have to also take a step back kind of reevaluate some things um we'll talk about you know what we're currently binge watching on netflix or hulu or whatever you guys have there's a lot of great things out there as well so we'll get right into that um but cool did you see that trump banned anti-american diversity training this week so he he actually came out and said that um Federal agencies, right? right. Uh-huh. Federal agencies need to be ending racial sensitivity trainings that address topics like white privilege and critical race theory. And he called those things divisive anti-American propaganda. So um, there's a letter that was sent to federal agencies, I think it was two weeks ago now. Um, and the director of the Office of Management and Budget said that the president recently became aware of the racial sensitivity programs, which encourage frank conversations about race in the workplace and discuss potential actions to combat systemic racism. Now this article is coming from NPR, um, but there was a memo that was issued by this director, uh, Russell Vaught. Mm -hmm. And it said all agencies are directed to begin to identify all contracts or other agencies spending related to any training on critical race theory, right? White privilege or any other trainings or propaganda effort that teachers or suggests either one, that the U.S. is inherently racist or evil country, or two, that any race or ethnicity is inherently racist or evil. And so, you know, they wanted to make sure that no federal dollars were going towards those things. They call them un-American propaganda training sessions. So that was, um, it was a lot. It was a lot to kind of digest, especially as people in the space, right? Like, you know, the hope is at one, at one point, right, that we can get some of these type of, um, contracts but right so i mean we talk about why you know obviously this memo came out and there are some um, federal agencies that are abiding to this memo some that are not but we'll get into talking about why um you know things like this should not be banned not only in federal agencies but across uh, organizations as well so we'll talk about that and and corporate social justice and what that means but you know why do we need programs why do we need um, unconscious bias training things like that I mean it definitely helps understand one another's perspectives right. especially now I mean it's right after 
George Floyd's mm-hmm. death. And we know mm-hmm. this has been happening for a very long time. Mm-hmm. But right after his death, we just saw the, the world, not just our country, but the world just shift. And right. there has become an unbalanced. And so we have to talk about, you know, a lot of these things that we were not allowed to talk about, number one. True. And number two, now that we can talk about it, what can we do to get to a collective space where we're feeling safe, number one, and number two, to make sure that we're having these important conversations. Um, so, you know, this definitely, this memo came out, but we have to talk about why, you know, we are actually doing these workshops and understanding why, because I think on the surface, it looks as if we're teaching people that, you know, you're a racist and you're privileged or whatever the case may be. But if we, if we understand each other, I think that, you know, a lot of these, these memos and, and under other things that we're seeing in our country would kind of shape to be a little bit and better make a little bit more sense right. i think i mean the 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 issue that i that i have with this too right is that um this kind this work was being highlighted um on a specific news station and it was i think rufo so he was on fox news arguing that diversity training is a threat to american unity and so our president actually retweeted that And um, someone actually responded on that tweet that said critical race theory is the greatest threat to Western civilization and it's made its way into the U.S. government. And our president then retweeted and responded, not anymore. And then in another tweet, he said that it was a sickness that cannot be allowed to continue. So I think because things have there, everything's really heavily politicized right now. Right. And so people don't I don't think they really understand what diversity and inclusion can really do. Right. So there's a business case to why people are even concerned with this. We know that more inclusive cultures are more innovative. They also bring over 2.3 times the amount of um, cash revenue in the door if you have a more inclusive organization. We know that groupthink exists too. Mm -hmm. So if you hire everybody that thinks alike and thinks like you, Nothing's going to change. Right. right. And we're not talking about simply a black versus white issue. Diversity right. comes from all types of angles, um, we're, you know, from Hispanic to all over across the world. But also, too, you look at people who are either, you know, men- mentally disabled, right. physically disabled, right. the LGBTQ community. So there's so many other ways. But here, I think in this memo, it's really just addressing the white versus black right. issue, right. especially now. I mean, this is it's an election year, yeah. um, you know, according to BBC uh, it says that Democratic presidential candidate Joe Biden, who will challenge, obviously, Mr. Trump for the White House in November, mm-hmm. he vowed to fight systemic racism if elected. And he goes on to say, for generations, Americans who are black, brown, Native American, immigrant, haven't always been fully included in our democracy right. or an economy. Right. I will also say to keep going along with uh, Vice President Joe Biden as well, is that, again, we need to think about inclusive cultures as a whole and diversity, not just, again, looking at ethnicity um and race, race but right. looking at and other angles as well yeah so i mean i don't know it's it's evident to me that there's a business case to doing this work i also in 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 doing research we know that america's changing demographics are happening and i think people are starting to feel that because you see more diversity in the workplace and more people like you said want to have conversations about things that impact you outside of those work walls. Right. Reality is it doesn't stop once you enter the workplace. Right. It's still there too. Right. So we need to make sure that we're addressing these things so that over time, um, there's less issues, less issues and, and more cult- cultural competencies as well. Right, 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 right. So 
we're, I, I know we wanted to talk a little bit about corporate social justice and kind of that movement that's happening with an organization. So after mm-hmm. George Floyd, I think that was the, the catalyst for a lot of organizations, right? People were doing some of this work before, but when George Floyd, when that incident happened, when his death happened, it, sh- it really like put a light on all the things that were happening. And it was different. It felt different. It felt different. It, people had to stop and really look at what was happening in our country. I mean, right. COVID made people stop and really see what was going on. And then we saw from that, the result was statements from companies. We saw many mm-hmm. companies mm-hmm. making statements about rebuking what they saw and what what people view as a modern day lynching. Right. And, you know, that, that really shook not only the black community, but everyone across our country. And so a lot of companies wrote statements. A lot of companies mm-hmm. reacted, um, whether in a good way or bad way and some companies decided not to say, say anything, anything at all right and so how do you feel about that companies so not saying anything it's interesting that you asked that because um around that time i was just curious and so i actually posed a question on my facebook asking um you know did your company i was just asking anybody in the facebook universe did your company um put out a statement if they did how did you feel Right. And so there were people that came on the the status and was like, my company hasn't said anything yet. It's been a week. It's been this many days. People were definitely aware of that. I know some organizations came right out the next day and and made statements and people felt a little better about that. But um, I think it really showed who who had the guts to say something up front and when they said it. Right. Like so people were paying attention to that. But if you didn't say anything at all, I think that that says something about your culture. That says right. something about the, the workplace too, right? Exactly. And also too, I had a conversation with someone from an organization who was responsible for putting out a statement and they said they didn't know what to say. They didn't mm. want to shake things up mm-hmm. a little bit um, and they didn't want to seem like they're on the one side or another. But I argue to say that you have to be on the side of right. Yeah. And what yeah. we viewed was just, completely wrong in many ways um, than, you know, one. And then also, like you said, it made us really watch what's been going on um, on our, on a platform in our, in our country. So, um, but we see a lot of companies doing many things in result uh, mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. what we see. And so corporate social justice and, and what does that truly mean? I mean, first we saw many companies looking at Juneteenth and, yeah. and so for Juneteenth, for people who don't know who, and you know, our, our listeners are from a wide array of, of places and backgrounds. So Juneteenth is really when um, black people were truly free mm-hmm. in this mm-hmm. country. And so that is our uh, liberation day. Two years after. Yes. Two years after. Um, the fact, right? And yes. that was where Galvin, I think it was Galveston, yes. Texas. And so the slaves there didn't know that they were free. The right. Emancipation Proclamation, like all that, they didn't know. And so it wasn't until two years later that one of the Union soldiers made it to Galveston, Texas, to say, hey, y'all. Um, y- y'all free y'all now. Free. <laughs> y'all can go. Right. And so that was when Juneteenth kind of came out of that celebration. So I know Galveston, they still have a really large celebration mm-hmm. there. Right here in Buffalo. It's one of the largest in the world. One of the largest. I think it's the top three, if yes. I'm not mistaken, um, celebration. So a lot of people, I even paid attention to that. Like a lot of people didn't even know what Juneteenth was, right. which, which also shows you that we need this type of training yes. to understand what even happened in our country. Right. right. Because this isn't something that you learn necessarily in school. You got to learn that on your own. So, um, you know, things like Juneteenth companies are doing, um, what else? I think you start to see more of those statements and, and reactions to things that are happening in the world. Mm-hmm. More companies are paying attention to that. And it's for a couple of different reasons. I think 
on one level, it's it's great marketing if you're showing. We we talk about that corporate social justice, um, but it kind of takes that CSR. So a lot of companies mm-hmm. had corporate social responsibility mm-hmm. initiatives, and yes. those were tied to. Um, you know, their consumers or marketing and showing that they're doing great in the community. But this takes it a step further to talk about issues that are impacting people. Right. In a humanity type of way. Exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. And again, it just shows how, how much, um, you know, how much they're vested into their community and right. their people right. and not just there to say, Hey, we're a company just making money, whatever the case may be. I mean, we, we definitely see it. So of course, throughout the podcast, you'll start to learn a little bit about us and me. I'm, I love basketball. I'm yeah, a basketball yeah. fanatic. So we know that basketball has been different and all the sports have been very different this year due to um, COVID. Due to COVID. Right. So currently the NBA is playing in the bubble. And one thing that happened a couple of weeks ago is um, the Milwaukee Bucks. The Milwaukee mm. Bucks was really that first team that took the stance and they didn't even come out the locker room. Right. They did not even come out the locker room. I mean, they saw everything that happened in Kenosha, um, and I'm sure you have all seen that in the media as well. And they say, you know what? This is happening in our area, our city, and so we're not even coming out of the locker room. This is our silent protest. And the other team, I can't remember who they were playing, they decided to go on, you know, the court and continue to play, and they said – well, you know, I guess we're not going to play because the Milwaukee Bucks are not going to play. And that's when it really mm-hmm. hit, I think, the NBA and other um, teams as well. And so that full that full day, we, we decided or they decided not to um, to go on and play. Yeah. So, I mean, we see in the NBA, we see and another. People, I mean, there were people that obviously supported that, but there were people that were pissed about that, mm-hmm. too. And, I mean, we've seen that, right? This isn't the first time. I know Kaepernick was... That was a huge point of contention all the way to the point where there was conversations from our president. Um, right. And know. I think even with Kaepernick, don't quote me, I don't know if it's about, I think about four years to the day of when Kaepernick took the knee, his yeah. knee, to when the protests and the NBA happened, which was mm. very powerful. And I don't, that definitely wasn't, you know, happening just because they wanted to get to that day. It just, that's how powerful this movement is. Right, right, um, right. And so we see that in the NBA. And so the response, other than the silent protests and not playing, and we saw the response in the other other teams as well, is that a lot of the, I think it's about 20 sites are now voting uh, sites for yeah, the NBA. I did see that. I did see right, that. Right, so that is huge. I mean, we have these huge arenas that aren't being used. Right. Voter suppression is real. Absolutely. Um, and so the NBA the way that they're able to address that is through making their arenas voting sites for their people. That's that's dope. And I know um, some healthcare organizations are trying to do similar things where they're, you know, talking about making those places polling places as well. So right. what about, didn't you say something about time off to vote? Who's doing something around that? Yeah, so Old Navy is doing something where they will okay. play, pay their employees um, to work, to actually work at the election polls. Oh, so poll... Poll yes, place poll places work. So okay. I know, you know, if you're a poll uh, worker, you actually get paid through them. But right. Old Navy is now saying that if you go and you work the polls, that you they'll actually pay you as they'll well. They'll pay you too. Yes, yes. So it, there's so much that's happening um, in terms of cultural or corporate social justice, mm-hmm. um, how to combat ways directly to what we're seeing in our country today. And I think that's huge, right? Like, so we know... There's been information coming out too, right? Because COVID is happening, poll place workers tend to be older people. Anytime yes. I go to vote, my voting place is always they they sixty five and up. Yes. Not to be funny, like they're retired people, um, you know, coming out to help and and work the polls. 
But with COVID, that presents a different type of challenge. Right. Um, you're being older, you're more susceptible, you know? So I know a lot of people are trying to do the mail-in voting and absentee ballots earlier and having earlier access to voting, even in-person voting in certain places. I know in New York state, like here, we have some places that are opening up sooner so you can go in person and vote so that they can try to spread it out um, because of Corona. But That's important. That's right. important. Right. And quick plug, y'all. Go out and vote. Please I know register. we're not register and then go out and vote. Right. Early voting in New York State happens October twenty fourth. So get out and vote. Do not wait until Please November wait, Please. to go and vote because again, we know voter suppression is real. Um so make sure that you cast your vote vote. That is the most democratic way and safe way that you can um combat what you see that's going on yeah. in our country. Absolutely. October 9th is the last day to register in New York State, so please do that quickly. 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 Yeah. <laughs> like, we... don't walk to the polls. Run. run. Or t- t- don't. I mean, not, you know what I mean. Not even a light jog. Sprint. Sprint, please. Yes. Y'all gotta, y'all, we got to do something. Yes. Power in, the, power in the numbers. I agree. So, cool. you were talking about there are some federal agencies and organizations that are actually um, abiding by this this memo that was put out um, through um, President Trump's office. So uh, can we talk about that a little bit? Yeah, so it happened in education. So UC National Labs, and that's um, the Lawrence Berkeley National Lab, and it's managed by the University of California. Uh, It's federally funded, but it suspended its employees' diversity training program by order of the Trump administration. So um, we know that that administration called these trainings divisive, anti-American propaganda. And so this organization has more than 1,400 scientists and engineers and thousands more visiting scholars and students from around the world. Um, This is the lab that overlooks San Francisco Bay, and it's funded largely by um, the U.S. Department of Energy. So it conducts unclassified research across several scientific disciplines, but it's known as the Berkeley lab. So this is the Berkeley lab that people have heard about. Um, and so they put out a statement saying that the department of energy has asked all the national labs, which are funded by taxpayer dollars to suspend their diversity, equity, and inclusion training programs. Um, this was the lab director, Mike Witherell. And he told employees Friday in a memo that was acquired by the Chronicle that the Berkeley lab is cooperating with this request and is pausing DEI-related training until we can, working with the Department of Energy, assess our offerings in light of the current concerns. So already this is this is happening. We know that, you know, a science lab, I'm sure, I don't know, I don't want to assume in terms of, like, who's, who's in these labs or who's doing the work, but um, sometimes we know that they can be heavily dominated by men, even, in, in science, and so... These are areas we got to be concerned about, yes. right? Like these are areas we know that in science and in health and in other areas, it, it really makes a difference. Learning about um, being a little bit more objective as it comes to that stuff versus right. subjective as it comes to the science. Exactly, and it is concerning because it's uh, it's students. I mean, yeah, right. Um, right? We know that you know when you're a student, you you go into the classroom to learn about these. A lot of the multicultural. Um, issues and awareness that mm-hmm. you, that you see in the world and so it's very concerning when you have students who um 
you know, are not getting the same type of training or really getting the learning that they right. need. Um, because now you're depending on social media and the world to kind of teach you exactly what what you should be learning in the classroom. So that that's right. a little concerning there. Right. So we'll just have to keep keep our eye out on other agencies that are following suit and yeah. how they are combating um, this this memo and what are they putting in place instead. And the thing is, we're not going backwards in terms of the nation's demographics. We're not going backwards. We're only going forward in the sense that we're going to become a plurality nation. That yes. means that there's not going to be one majority ethnic or racial um, you know, group that's in the majority in the U.S. So right. as things start to diversify, we need to be more aware and culturally humble, right? Cultural humility is a, a big piece that people are starting to look at um, and, and see how we enter the world, how we relate to the world and how that impacts our relationships with other people. But I don't know. You could try to pause this a little bit, but the reality is, you know, right. we, we're not going to be able to pause it for long because there's more things that are happening. Right. So, I mean, as we just talked about, the world is very heavy. There's a lot of things going mm. on and issues. And and so, like, like we talked about at the beginning of, the, of our show is how do you combat some of that stuff that you just have filling your head or filling your head space or, yeah. you know, like I like to say, take up rent in your, in your head. And it's been taking up a lot of rent <laughs> in my head. I'm not going to lie. I've, I have challenged myself at least this week. I'm, I'm going on a weekly basis, maybe daily basis to stop reading comments. Yes. That's something that I've been struggling with. Right. Because it's like watching a train crash or something like a train wreck after a while, you just keep watching it. But the reality is it's been bothering me. And I know trolls are out there online, people right. writing and saying crazy stuff just to incite people to feel certain ways. And so, um, you know, I, I got to stop watching. I got to stop they reading They said, don't read the comments. I, I am good at not reading comments. Once in a blue moon, I may, but for the most part, do not read the comments because it, it's a lot. It is. It is. <laughs> it's a lot. So if that's, we're going to talk a little bit about gem, like our gem of the day, right? Mm -hmm. If my gem of the day is anything, it's the stop reading these comments. I, I can't. Right. I can't. Right. I need to separate myself. Yes. And <laughs> yes. And so the way, how do you separate yourself from that? What do you do? That's a good question. Cause I haven't figured that, <laughs> I haven't figured that piece <laughs> out yet, but what I'm going to, Nah, I don't know. So for me, I, I binge watch things, right? Okay, so okay. I get on my, my episodes where I binge and then I stop and then I binge. But right now, one thing that I've been really watching. So I finished Moesha okay, on Netflix. Okay, okay. So I finished Moesha. People have been talking about Moesha too. Most of the, oh wait, copyright. Okay, we can't do that. But right. <laughs> so, thinking about verses, but um, so yeah, I've been watching Moesha, um, got through that. And it's been, I mean, I it's just takes me back to a time where things were a little bit more simpler. So I think it just takes me into that nostalgia okay, okay. era. So I've been watching Have Moesha. Have you felt any ways? Because people have been saying Moesha was mean and she was. She was mean. Moesha was okay, mean. Okay. And I would have never gotten away with a lot of things Moesha was able to get okay. away with in high school. My, okay. my parents did not play that. <laughs> So, um, yeah, so I've been watching Moesha. I just started Sister, Sister. When I say just oh, started, cool. like, two weeks ago, but I'm already on season five. How many so, seasons? I think there's five or six, don't quote me. And you, but two weeks? Two weeks. Because a lot okay. of times I play things in the background. I don't really oh, have to okay. watch it, okay. Okay. you know, with that intent because I've already seen it probably. Got you. Got you. Six, 
seven times okay. through. Uh, so, yeah. So, you on your 90s. I'm on my 90s kit. And kid. then Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Oh, I always a good one. I absolutely love Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. I can quote almost every single scene. That is my favorite show of all time. Okay. So, that's something that I do to kind of just take my mind off of what's been going on. And then, of course, you know, exercise and things like that. But yeah. if I'm in the house, it's really just watching some of those nostalgic, um, nostalgic shows. See, even in my shows, I need to... <laughs> I gotta yes. diversify a little bit because all right, so I'm I'm gonna try not to read the comments. I'm gonna work on a strategy around that. I don't know exactly what that's gonna be yet because right now I just my eyes just divert right there. Um but in terms of my binge watching, I am watching um Lovecraft Country on HBO, and that's a really, really cool show. Um it's executive produced by Misha Green, black mm-hmm. woman, JJ Abrams. Jordan Peele's on that too. Mm-hmm. Um, love Jordan Peele, but even that is a little bit heavy in in a sense, right? So like, I don't I don't want to give too much of the premise up, but um, you know, there's a, these these black folks who actually own a business writing guides, and this is happening back in the 1950s Jim Crow mm-hmm. America, right? So um, they they write these guides for where black people can go safely when they're traveling. Mm-hmm. And, and it starts off talking about sundown towns, sundown spots where, you know, once the sun goes down, you're not, if you black, get out. You, you're not supposed to be out. And so I'm not going to give too much of it up just in case. People, and they still exist today. Some they of those do. sundown towns. They do. Recently, locally. Locally. Where was that? Was it Tanawanda? North Tanawanda? Mm-hmm. Where they had some signage that talked about sundown, being at sundowners town. Yes. And they just recently took that down. That was... August 28th, yes. the end of August, yes. that that happened. So, um, yeah, so it's heavy. <laughs> and that's the thing. Like, this this is my binging. My binging is heavy. You got to lighten it up a little I bit. Lighten I up do, the load. But it's a good show. It is it's a, a great very good show. show. It's a great show. Um, futuristic, magic. It's a, it's a bunch of different twists and turns mm-hmm. in there. Um, and the historical aspects that they're touching on, too, right? Like the Jim Crow right. stuff. But I got to chill because I had a dream recently. <laughs> <laughs> After watching one of these that I was in the sundown, I was at one of my coworkers' house. Um, we were, I don't know, we was there for some type of event or whatever, eating, drinking. So I had some family there. They left. And then all of a sudden, some type of incident was happening outside. There was some racism happening. People had guns coming on the door looking for me. It was, it was a lot. Yeah, that's, that's very heavy. I was heavy. stuck. And I was like, <laughs> can we call the police? They were like, you can't call the police. And I was like, oh, shoot. Yeah. So your gym of the day so is. So my gym of the day is to disconnect. Disconnect. Don't read the comments. Don't read the comments. And find a show that Maybe you Maybe I need to enjoy. watch Moesha and her Moesha. mean self. Yes. Or Girlfriends. That's up next. Girlfriends, I did start. Girlfriends, yes. I did start. Yes. But then Girlfriends I'm, is a classic. Power. Power is good. Ghost. This is the storybook. Or I forgot sto- what it's called. Yeah. What One to of read. Those. What to read. Yes. So I've been watching that. And that's actually pretty good. I it know, is good. you know, Power did get a little bit eh. But it's good. Um, but this show is really good. So yeah. I gotta. That's my gym of the day for myself. Okay. And for everybody. I'm gonna check in on. I'm gonna check in on you about that. <laughs> Please soon. do. So. Please do. But yeah, no, definitely this this conversation has been great. I mean, um, again, like we said, there's so much going on in this world. Um, a lot. I mean, when you read the history books, mm. 2020 is definitely mm. going to be mm. the thickest chapter. <laughs> um, but it's also it's also great because this is a time for you to also kind of um, be. This is a great time for you to be your authentic self. I agree. Um, I, agree. I don't know. I feel I feel very like black power ish yeah. um, yeah. around this time. So definitely, 
you know, really start to look inside yourself to see how you can be that change that you want to see. Right. Um, and then, of course, you know, mental health. Mental health is very important. So take time for yourself. Don't read the comments. Don't, um, don't do it. But, yeah, no, definitely, definitely this has uh, been a great conversation. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. So we're excited uh, for you all to listen. Please hit us up on our social media, ask us questions, engage with us. We want this to be a conversation that we're also addressing questions that you might have um, for our listeners. So right. hit us up. Yeah, we'll, up. we'll talk about those. So you can always find us on IG and Twitter at Black Gems Dive In, as well as Facebook at the Black Gems Dive In Podcast. So, but thanks for, thanks for this conversation, Koi. Yeah, thank you. Hope yeah. you have a great week. All right, tune in to our next episode. Peace. Hey, y'all. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Black Gems Dive In Podcast. Make sure you rate and subscribe on all of the major streaming platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Stitcher. Make sure you follow us on our social media platforms at Black Gems Dive In on Twitter and Instagram and at Black Gems Dive In Podcast on Facebook.